And we are rocking. How you doing? <laughs> Good to finally, finally get you on here. We've been chasing Thanks each other this past few months. Mm. It's been a wee while since we, uh, we were chatting. I was at your seminar in May. May yeah. time in Dublin, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was May. It was May, and, and we, had, we, had, we had a rocking time. I um, I recall talking a little bit too much about brothels. Actually, <laughs> but, um, I, I don't I, remember I don't any of that. that was, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm messing my subconscious mind, sexy frustrated or something, who knows? <laughs> no, it was fantastic, and it was a good, it was a really good group there. So there was, uh, everybody got on really, really well, and it was, it was great. Because I myself, like, we were just chatting there. The first time I talked to you was about maybe three and a half, four years ago nearly, believe oh, yeah. it or not. It was, wasn't it? That's how long ago it was. Now, a wee yeah. story I want to tell you, first of all, I was actually like about 18 and a half stone when I called you. Really? Yep. And I was just, I was, you know, like, I was quite lost at that point. So that's why yeah. I actually got in touch, believe it or not. And from there, it might be a coincidence, I don't know, everything started changing. <laughs> started losing okay. the weight, set up my own company, all this sort of stuff. And uh, I just want to say thank you. There you go. Lee, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what I did. Um, I, I'm not sure if I waved my... My uh, my wand. I'm not sure, I, but that's great, dude. That's mm. just lovely to hear that, that, that you've had that. That's great news. Definitely, because one thing I wanted to ask was sort of what is your message? What is your main message? Yeah, message, message. Good question. So mm. I, I I think um, in a nutshell, it's that people um, aim for happier and not necessarily happy. And 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 what I do in my coaching, my teachings is give people tools that they can use to help themselves be happier right now. Because what we tend to do is is create this idea and expectation based on kind of, whether it's social media that we see kind of these kind of perfect images of people with perfect happiness, or whether it's that, you know, we, we've been led to believe this idea of there being this thing called perfect bliss or whatever it may be. But we've got this idea that if, unless we're sort of perfectly happy, that things are wrong. Now, of course, that's not the case at all. We're, we are these things called human beings. We go through um, what we go through in the moment. Like if we go through a, a lower moment, we go through a lower moment. There doesn't have to be any judgment around that or even any labels necessarily because what we tend to do um, is, is label things as, oh, that's depression or that's anxiety. Well, yes and no because really we're just going through that moment in that time. And, and if we treat it as a moment, then we'll probably pass through it quite easily, quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so what I get people to do, the biggest message I get people to do, and, and the thing I want to get across is, aim for happier as opposed to happy. Because if you aim for happier, well, like, it, it, the question becomes, what can I do now to feel a little bit happier? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's all That's all we can ever do is, is manage ourselves. Sorry, dude, I, I can hear myself talking. <laughs> You can when hear. I'm, when I'm saying this now, it's gone now. There you go, it's gone. Oh, it, I can hear myself. You know when you can hear yourself talking it's all like, the time. <laughs> all the time. That's worrying. It's like one of those. Um, and so, what I was saying was, if people aim at happier, the question becomes: Yeah, what can I do right now to feel a little bit happier? Because we're, we're always managing ourselves and we're managing ourselves in the present moment. And if we've got these sort of tools, these well-being and happiness tools that we know we can call upon that can make us feel a little bit happier right now, it takes off this pressure to be perfectly happy all the time. And then when we take off that pressure, we can notice that, yeah, if we just did a little bit of breathing, yeah, we'd feel a little bit happier. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I'll give you this story, Lee, which is that um, I could go into the garden and do a workout and be feeling happy, like amazingly happy, like overjoyed with, with emotion. Come inside the house, have a little, have a little row with my wife about the fact that I haven't done the washing up and why haven't I done the washing up and why didn't I do it last night and you know, da da da. <laughs> I'm, 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 by the way, she's not an ag. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be careful. Oh my gosh, she's going to listen to this. Like, you fucking. <laughs> The point is, is that I might then have a, a row and then I'll feel sad or upset. 
all in the space of one hour sometimes. So what I prefer is I get people to aim towards what can I do right now, this week, this month, to feel a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. Because happy, happy is just an emotion. It can come yes. and go as quick as a fart and a stiff breeze. Mm-hmm. It, it tends to it tends to be short lived, like anything. But so does sadness. So so really, it's more of this underlying growth of. Am I becoming a happier mm-hmm. human being? Yes. But that, that, that I suppose, translate across to, obviously, the message that I've been reading from you is rather than aiming for perfect, yeah. you know, it's more about the good enough. Dude, 100%. And, and, and you know, it, 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 it comes back to this pressure. And I think that a lot of this, Lee, now you tell me if you agree, but I think a lot of it comes from social media. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Do you, do you know what I mean? Have you yes, experienced that before? Definitely, definitely. Believe it or not, the last podcast that I done was with a fella about social media. Right. You know, over this past couple of years, I've slowly deleted apps and uh, gone off news feeds. So uh, I totally understand, totally agree, uh, and totally understand as well. It is. It's one of those ones, and I think that what we do is we see um, what I might call the you know the trailer to the movie. Because that's what social media is. It's not a real depiction of life. So we never get to see the whole movie. Mm-hmm. We just see the trailer. And as we all know, when you, um, you know, when you're sat in the cinema and the trailer comes on for a certain movie and you go, wow, that looks, oh my yeah. God, that looks amazing. Trailers are amazing. Yeah. They're generally always really, really good. They have to be. <laughs> and they have to be. And then when you watch the movie, you're like, huh, that was kind of, average and, and 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 that's kind of life in the sense of the way that the modern world is has turned into this thing where we see what we see on social media and we start to unconsciously because we know consciously it's not the truth but it's when we're feeling a bit tired and we unconsciously scroll through facebook see that dave and sarah have just got engaged on a beach in miami we're sat where we're sat, doing what we're doing, and we, un- again, this is unconscious, mm-hmm. but we unconsciously, accidentally compare that that's going on with our own life, our own emotional state at that time, which is often that we're feeling a bit lonely and a bit vulnerable, whatever. Like, we're often just feeling those feelings because they're natural, they're human, they're normal, but we're feeling just that kind of, that, 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 might, that slightly more vulnerable feeling in that moment, and then what we do is we let that race into... Well, obviously, that means that my life's shit and it's no good and I'm no good and I'm not good enough. When the truth of the matter is, how often does someone post a picture of themselves with an angry face after the disagreement they just had with someone? Or how often does someone post a a picture of, um, you know, a video of their wife turning them down for sex? I mean, like, (laughs) I could go... That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. on these things and by the way even reality tv shows do the same they're not reality Mm -hmm. there's something completely different so we're getting quite a warped view of what's real nowadays we get these reality tv shows we get social media and we start to get this thing of like oh well my life's kind of shit i guess if that's how i don't and of course it's not no no one's life is, is perfectly blissful all the time it's just we go through all kinds of different emotions in one day now can we do things practices and exercises and techniques and mindset tricks can we do things to become happier well 110 percent yes we all can like that is that is there is no doubt that's the whole journey mm-hmm. this is what we're teaching but can we and should we let go that we can never be perfectly happy all the time well yes again 110 percent. so it's about that duality between letting go of ever expecting that you can never be perfectly happy all the time but at the same time saying to yourself, yeah, you know what? There is a bunch of shit that I can do to make myself feel way better. Because there always is. There's a bunch yeah. of things. So it, 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 it's, it's almost like that um, serenity prayer, which I'll try and remember, which is something like... Um, God grant me the serenity. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. Yes. And that's, that's I think, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's good you actually mentioned there about even reality TV there a minute ago, because... Reality TV isn't reality. Now, if you can remember back whenever was a Big Brother first came out, it was 24-7. So that was yep. reality. But they realized that that didn't work because it was boring. <laughs> so, it's just so, yeah, 
they put it into one hour. So with all the drama, you see, that's that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So Lee, totally. Lee, I, I absolutely love that insight. I'm not going to forget that one. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's such a good insight. Mm -hmm. They had to turn it into this this dramatic thing again. Yeah, nobody uh, wants to watch people sleeping. <laughs> people sleeping, scratching their arms, <laughs> thick, picking their nose, <laughs> watch, watching telly, you know, with their hands on their pants, and then they'll go and make some toast. And like, you, that's life. Yeah, yeah. It's and the Truman Show. The Truman Show. I'm just remembering. Like the Truman Show, the film. That's what it is. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know if you has it helped you become a happier human by letting go of perfect? Has that helped you in some way? Oh God, yes. Oh, definitely. Like I'm, I was all. I've always been a quite positive, upbeat person all the time. But of course, I have my shit is that's the way it is um but it's just really that's okay that's normal but i do think i had to this past couple of years get off social media as much as possible because it was affecting my mental state i have no doubt about that and when i look back on it i'm like whoa that that's a dangerous dangerous place you know don't get me wrong you can't just say it's fully dangerous it's not there's good and bad with everything it's just how you're using it you know and i think as I said in the last was, you know, the question you have to ask when you are posting something is why? Why am I posting this? Really good. What's the reason? <laughs> you know, really, so. Really good. And I think we can even say that as, as, as online entrepreneurs and people who do post things to create a positive message too. Yes. So we're trying to help people. But then ultimately, yeah, again, you know, we can start to slip into this thing of, 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 of accidentally, unconsciously, because we think we're in full control. We're not. No. There's, there's so much going on underneath subconsciously. I mean, apparently, University of San Francisco says that 90% of our decision-making is made subconsciously. So would I be honest and humble enough to say that some of the time I post this stuff because I want some attention? Yes. It, it must be. Mm -hmm. it, it absolutely has to be because I'm a human being. Yes. I'm a human being full of insecurities and flaws. So... It has to be there. Ultimately, my quest is, as a person, going back to this journey of happier, my quest is, can I shift that 90-10, that unconscious conscious, can I shift that 10 to 11 to 12 to 30? Can I increase my consciousness enough mm -hmm. that, that, that I only post things, and uh, sorry, all the time, but at least post things most of the time, which are purely about me providing 110% that content for someone to ultimately change their lives for the better yes. and not have any of it really attached to my ego that wants some attention, that wants a little lift in dopamine so that I can read someone's comment or see a like or it, it, it's, it's being really self-honest. And, and like, like you said, Lee, I really like that. It's like, why, mm -hmm. you know, why, why am I posting this? Mm -hmm. Do I, do I, do I want to put this out there? Because I think it's a really positive message, and I think it's a great post, and it's beautiful, and it's authentic. Uh, do I want it for that, or am I, in some way, craving some attention or some likes or someone to be interested in me, or da da da? Because I'm feeling a bit insecure. Because mm -hmm. if I'm feeling the latter, it's time to let it go, go and do some breathing, go for a walk. Exactly. Fresh yeah. air. Get outside the door. Walk out the front door. Which to me is one of the, the most unbelievable tips you can have is first day time you get up in the morning, get out the front door. Simple as that. Um, simple. A good lead in there, I suppose, as well, because you're talking about posting, you know, why, why would you be posting and things like that? And you have a Facebook group um, called Will's Wellness Warriors. <laughs> Correct. Bit of a mouthful. It's, it's, it's alliteration. Yeah. We, 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 we came up with it, sat around the table. We were like, what about this next step? What would this so yeah. It is, yeah. Well, 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 yeah, because obviously, um, I'm I'm obviously part of the group myself, and I do notice in there that really is a group of people really helping each other out and uh, promoting and you know inspiring. And I'm not just saying that, but it really, really is. And That's really cool, I joined it straight after the seminar in Dublin. I think it was around that time it started. Was that right? Maybe it, 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 it is. It was. It was probably maybe like two or three weeks before okay yeah i went to to dublin and it, it's been a, it's been a real revelation in in what people are missing out in today's life on when it comes to to life in general but also social media which is this 
this constant sort of content, but no community mm-hmm. with content because community is our most primal setting. Like if you look at social anthropology, um, you, you can get absolutely no argument from any of the anthropologists that, that, that when someone has a sense of community, no matter where they're getting it from or how, if someone has a sense of community, they'll be happier, mm-hmm. healthier, live longer, um, have more resilience. So there, there are tremendous primal benefits to having your fellow human, like-minded human, in close quarters to you. Now, by creating that group, it gave people that that sense of community, and that, and that for me, I've noticed that, that, that people are way more engaged, they're way more open. There's a feeling of collectiveness and community, and it's very powerful. It it it, it tends to really work. Well, this is proof that social media has its benefits too, because. You know, yeah, there's there's the negatives, but there's also the positives. And I do think, like I'm, I at the I think I'm part of maybe seven or eight groups in total on Facebook, and yeah. I haven't seen news feed in Facebook for two years. I haven't seen one wow. post unless somebody tags me in it. Um, but as with the groups, I see everything there. You know, which is you're filtering what you want to see. It, 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 you are, and I think you're getting the content that you want to see. You don't. You're not having to sort of flick through the, the, the sort of what we call the perfect happiness, which mm-hmm. can just be a bit annoying sometimes. It can be a bit like, okay, that's that person doing that post again. And you might not want to see that kind of post. And it's it's just it's just become really cool how these groups are growing and growing because they're giving people an opportunity to choose what they want to see. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like having a, 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 like you've got these eight groups, you've got like eight blogs, you know, that you can log into. And you know that when you go on there, you're going to have people who aren't going to necessarily be spaffing on about the, the, like the political situation yes. in America. And, mm. and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with people talking about, let's like, say, politics or posting up perfect photos of their holiday or whatever it may be. There's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. It's never a judgment, ever. Mm-hmm. It's more just that who am I, what do I want? Yes, exactly, exactly. That's all. Because you're obviously, you're always doing a lot of things. <laughs> A lot yeah. of things in one go. Yeah. Like yeah. one of the things I love, and it's quite quite a simple thing, is your emails. You know your emails that come out every so often. It sounds silly, but certain sometimes you're feeling a certain way, and you get this email through, and it just goes, "Hmm, all right, okay, I just needed that. That's exactly what I needed right now. Sort of a kick that's up really the ass. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, to say cool to everything's all right, you know. But um, another thing that I noticed you were doing, obviously, on a scene, it was. On the Lorraine show on ATV. That's right. Yeah, we did that, and it was it was a, it was a crazy experience. Good fun. Um, it, it was it was a real flow experience because I did four I did four recorded shows mm-hmm. for Lorraine um, and a live show, and the four recorded shows, you know, it was a day of filming with these with these producers and directors and makeup and all these things. And the, the thing was. I'll, Although it was, it was very, very good for my ego and my, my attention-seeking self, um, but but actually, what it was was a, was a flow experience. Now, a flow experience is something that people might want to really pursue in life because flow is where you have enough challenge going on and enough skill to meet that challenge. And when you when you have that going on, you create this thing called focus. Mm-hmm. And when you have intense focus and enough of it, there is no thinking at all. And when you don't think you tend to just be really happy and that's 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 that just goes to show that if you uh want a happier life do a bit less thinking do a bit more (laughs) things that just just immerse you in in whatever it may be give more of yourself to charities to events go do hobby go and have hobbies be involved in work that that feels like you're immersed in it and it's it was one of those experiences where i i'd uh i had this kind of script that I had to learn, and it was just the, having to memorize a load of words. Oh, it yes. was like acting. Okay. I mean, these, these, these were my words, but they wanted them to be word perfect because they spent a ton of time editing mm-hmm. the words. And so I was having to memorize it all, then say it perfectly word for word. And, and the challenge was just huge because I'm a public speaker. I, I do speaking events. I make videos, all these things, and they're, all, they're never scripted. I just, I just say what I say. This was a different challenge, oh my God, yes. and it, 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 and it's why I think that if we can just have things that 
we choose to do or things that we are very fortunate that come into our lives the other way around too that help us step outside of our comfort zone we find ourselves to be more capable than we thought ourselves to be and mm-hmm. that's that's a wonderfully uplifting feeling i don't know if you've had that before lee where you mm-hmm. stepped outside your comfort zone and felt like you've become you know a happier person oh yes it. it's tough it is tough but it, it's definitely worth it it's definitely worth it. so you feel so what so what you know there you go so be it but you were saying there even with the scripted you know if 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 you constantly have to get all every word perfect it sort of loses its meaning a wee bit then you know and you're putting a filter on it you you are and i and i had to just really accept that when i was doing the tv stuff that i just knew that it wasn't going to be this gloss sorry this um, more authentic message it was going to be quite a glossy message Mm -hmm. quite a, a, a a manufactured thing still my words yes but much more like that even on the to give you an insight even on the live the live one where i knew seven million people were going to be turning on the turning on their tv to see me speak it, it, it was um it was fucking scary <laughs> it, it was so fucking scary i i i, I played um a high level of rugby growing up so i played, played some big games mm-hmm. and that's all i think always set i think that set me up to deal with nerves more than i realize now I, i'm starting to notice that I played in some pretty big games and, and having to manage my state back then, I, I probably noticed now that it helps a bit, but like this felt like a massive game. This was mm-hmm. like my final and I, I was in the studios. They picked me up in a cab. We got dropped off. We, you know, just like walking in, there were celebrities everywhere and just like, that's that person. That's that person. And like, it was surreal. And I was there and I had to kind of learn again, a bit of a script that again was my word. It was all my coaching. This is what was so cool about the experience that, you know, the UK population got to kind of basically get a taste of just literally my words, my coaching. Um, And that was a wickedly satisfying feeling. That was such a lovely feeling. Um, And, yeah, so I I, I then had to sit there and kind of learn, again, a a, a bit of a script. And Mm -hmm. what happened, Lee, was basically I... I got on set, saw the rain, da da da, do all these things. The nerves are there, they're building. I'm like, wow, we're here. <laughs> lights, the lights, the cameras, the whole shebang. And I'm sat there, sat next to Dr. Hillary, who's this guy that goes on there. And basically, the, 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 the clock is counting down 10, 9, 8, and I'm sat there, Oof. the nerves are building and building, and I'm like, fucking hell, this is happening. <laughs> we're, we're on kickoff mode. This is, this is live. And then bang and it goes live and Lorraine's talking live and I'm like, <laughs> what? what am I doing here? What the fuck am I doing here? That is brilliant. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, well, like, I'm, and I think we never lose that and I hope we don't in a way because yes. I, don't, I don't think we should ever, no matter how successful any of us become, I think we should ever assume we're not just who we are. Like, we're, 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 we're who we are. Yes. We're just that dude from that town and that's great and that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and she, she, you know, so what happened was I had all these things in my head that I wanted to say and I got this nerves and these nerves and it kind of got a little bit out of hand and I was doing my breathing and it was kind of helping, but I then forgot what I was going to say. Oh. Like, I, and I, and I mean like literally dude, like I forgot what I was going to say. And Lorraine goes to speak and she'd been at this big TV awards thing the night before and she goes to speak. And I'm sitting there crapping myself because my my pulse is just like up at 180. Like I'm really, I'm like, fuck, I'm floundering now. Like I need to calm <laughs> this thing down. Like I'm, so she then starts speaking and she then um, like stutters what she's going to say. So she goes, oh, do, oh, I can't talk today. And she says that. And when she messed up, I then went, oh. and I just breathed. Like this, and when and as I did, it all came back. All the thoughts, all the all the memories, all the rehearsal I'd done came back. And then she asked me, she says, "Will tell me?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I and I and it and it came back. But I I wonder whether she did that on purpose. Yes, to sort okay, made it a bit more natural to sort of help you flow into it. Mm. Maybe just who knows? Because I you know I felt like I was pretty chilled. I mean, to be honest, here's what's fascinatingly about our body and body language and how it affects our mind is that if I got 
someone to sit really upright with their sort of arms crossed and then got them to speak, they'd probably feel quite sort of, well, like, like they're going to speak very formally. Like they're really ready to speak and they're really, you know, feeling quite almost a bit uptight. Now, if I get someone to sort of do what I'm doing now and just go right back in the seat and just chill and lean backwards, we tend to then speak kind of in the same way that our body is representing itself. Mm-hmm. So what's fascinating is that if anyone ever wants to get the right message across in the best way they know how, now normally that's calmness, that's that's relaxation, say in the most relaxed, calm way possible, it's to create a body language which mimics the same. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of research on this. Um, there's a lot of good TED Talks on that as well. There's a, there's a fascinating TED Talk. Um, this lady did about how um, if you just raise your arms above your head and go into this kind of like power pose here before you go on stage to do public speaking, when you go to speak, because you're raising your testosterone levels when you raise your arms and reducing cortisol, which is this stress hormone, because you're doing that, you go in and when you speak, people suddenly feel your presence more because they can tell there's this power Mm -hmm. there. So it's really interesting, but going back to what I was saying about the the rain thing, is I remember seeing the recording because my wife said, oh, you were really cool. And I said, I said, how was it? How was it? She said, well, yeah, you, you were really chilled. Like I'm, <laughs> I, said, I said, you know what? I wanted that to be the way it was because I am chilled. But I think what happened was I, I was in this little seat. They gave me this tiny fucking seat. It was so small. <laughs> and I looked like this giant in this dwarf seat. But I ended up going right back. And almost like slouching so much that it was like excessively calm. Like I was in this kind of like super calm state. So, but the point is, Lee, is that it really helped. It was like it really helped me just relax and say what I'm saying. And so to transfer this into real life, it's like, look, if you've got a conversation you need to have with someone and it's not the easiest one, rather than standing up with your hand on your hip and, and with your emotions up, and all those things, which is really 93% of our language. Like apparently that is that is how much of our communication is from our body. Mm-hmm. Our body and our, our tonality and this, the way we sound and the way we stand and all these things, dude, 93%. Wow. 7% is the word. So the point is if you have a difficult conversation you need to have with someone, get yourself into the right position to say it. Like don't say it stood up all, all sort of confrontational like that. Sit down. Say, look, I just can you come sit down with me? Just come sit down. Sit down. Lean back, which again is not what someone would do. We'd normally our inclination is all to sit forward, forward and yeah. walk like this. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go right back. Sit back. Don't cross the legs. Don't cross the arms. Open the chest. Open the palms. Say, look, honey, I just want to talk to you about this because And guess what? You're probably going to get a better result. Mm-hmm. You could say the exact same words. But do it all in here, really close and, and like this, and you're going to get confrontation. So it's really interesting how the body really we got to be we got to be self aware enough to know how we're using our body because it is what is creating our language for us, not our words. Mm-hmm. That's but the way that we say things with our with our what we call tonality. Mm-hmm. So I can say two I can say two sentences exactly the same. I could say, I could say something to my wife like, um, "Oh, you know, baby, you know, I really understand what you're what you're trying to say." And then I could also say, "You know, I really understand." Do you know what? Mm-hmm. one was like? I understand because I it sounds like I understand, and if it sounds like I understand, I do because that sound is everything. And the second sentence was was like, "Well, I don't really understand. I'm just saying the words." Because mm-hmm. you asked what so, you want to hear. But there you go. So we've got a. This is this is what we call neuro linguistic programming. You've mm-hmm. probably even done the course yourself. Yep. Have you have you entered into this field? Of, of I NLP? have. Yes, NLP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and a main you know thing. <laughs> it, it's fascinating stuff, isn't it? But definitely, definitely, it's getting it's getting you know more popular, especially over here now. Um, but it's uh, obviously same. It comes from America, moves across, and then just gets yeah. more and more popular. Yeah, definitely. It's a really good thing, and I, I, I'm going to be having it in my, um, in my course. I've got a, I've got, I've got a qualification coming up uh, in the new year, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be involved in that. We're going to teach people the, the real basics, nothing, nothing advanced, but just the basic skills that you can 
that you can utilize from NLP that can help you create more influence when you're speaking or improve relationships or increase your success or, or, or even just your own happiness yourself mm-hmm. and how NLP and the way that we use language, the words that we use and how we manage our state is all intertwined. It's, it's a fascinating area. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and, 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 and the way that we tend to distort, delete and generalize. We, 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 do, we do this thing called life. We assume that our minds are like cameras taking pictures of exactly what we see is the way it really is. When we know that the truth is our mind tends to delete past information, tends to distort past information, and also tends to generalize past information Mm -hmm. based on our beliefs, values, um, strengths, weaknesses, tendencies, habits, insecurities, you know, all those things, biases, there are all those things going on in a human mind that can get in the way of us feeling how we want to feel. Because what we tend to do to ourselves is um, generalize our past, let's say sometimes as, oh, it was wonderful a couple of years ago. I had this going on, I had that going on, and I knew I was in a really good place. And now I'm not in a good place because of X, Y, Z. And really the truth is, there is so much intricate information that you've just deleted, distorted, generalized that led to why you were feeling so much better two years ago that you're not taking into account now. All you're doing is just comparing one with the other. So with, with, with people, what you can do is you can really just, if you ask them enough good questions, you can really start to understand what it is they've done previously or today in their lives that could help them improve their future. <laughs> because, because that's the big difference, Lee, with coaching versus therapy. Therapy is helping someone under, better understand their past to help improve their present state. Mm-hmm. What coaching is, is you're, you're, you're um, using the present and the information you can grasp in the present, the way people say things, what they say, how they say it, the pictures they use, are they visual, are they... Are they more feeling-based creatures? Do they interpret the world with more sounds when they hear the thoughts in their head? Are they more sound-orientated? Are they they more like movies? And when you get all this information from them, you can try to create a more compelling future. So the difference is therapy uses the past to help the present and coaching uses the present to create a more compelling future, a more exciting future Mm -hmm. that people feel like they can create. Mm -hmm. But it's all like you give a lot of... You know, a lot of the videos that you do, especially on Facebook and stuff, yeah. are very, you know, they're not long. <laughs> they're not yeah, long. Yeah. They're straight yeah. to the point. You know what I mean? Little tips just for all sorts of things like fear, anxiety, you know, yeah. things like that. And I think that's a because, especially in a world like today, you know, people, if you see, say, if toxic, a video that's an hour and a half, yeah. you're not going to, you know, or a minute, or, or a video that's three minutes long, <laughs> you know, yeah. which one are you going to watch? Dude, it's so true. And I, I, I kind of have this thing where one of my biggest reasons to want to do like podcasting, and I've, I've done a few episodes now, we're going to be having it similarly like yourself on mm-hmm. SoundCloud and iTunes soon, is that it's, it's what we're doing now is, I think, the most digestible content that you could have. Now, I think there's two kinds of content that we want to try and digest, just as, uh, as not as entrepreneurs, just as human beings, let alone entrepreneurs who are creating it. Mm-hmm. But, but, but there's two types. One is a video that's really easily digestible. It's a bit like a meal. You just want that little meal that you'll easily digest. And like you said, it's it's a it's a um, you know couple of eggs, a little bit of avocado, and, and, and a little side of fruit. But not like a giant plate of, of information mm-hmm. and, and food. So therefore, if we can have that, just that little video, digest it, and we're on. It feels like yeah, it's not overwhelming. Whereas like you said, if it's an hour and a half. We're like, oh, okay, I've really got to dedicate this hour and a half to watch this video. Now, mm-hmm. come away from that for a second. If we if we do want to digest a, a, let's say, bigger meal, it's like how can we digest that bigger meal more effectively? Well, the, the more effective way is then to chew it more slowly and perhaps eat it while we're doing something else and let the meal last a lot longer. And, and in, in, that, in that case, that's where podcasting comes in because podcasting is I'm driving to work. I'm on my way to the gym. 
I'm at the gym and I'm digesting content, content, content in a very, very user-friendly, lifestyle-friendly way because people are out doing their thing. They've got their life to lead. They can't just sit for an hour and a half and, and watch a video, but they can and very much often do. And we all have this in life generally. We, we'll commute to somewhere. We'll go to the gym or we'll go to work or we'll – and we can just, oh, let's pop in the podcast and have a listen. And yes. it becomes this very, very easy, user-friendly you know, way of, of getting content. Because I know for me, Lee, that a, a lot of my best videos have been the ones that are shortest. Mm-hmm. And also those videos that are, have been turned into audios where people can listen to. But the kind of stuff in between, like you said, it tends to, tends to not work very well mm-hmm. um, and, and, unless someone's really got a, a very enthralling, exciting, you know, interesting subject that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think podcast. Personally, I think podcasts is amazing. And the reason that I can speak for myself that I set set it up and originally was to sort of step out from the background, believe it or not. It was actually originally set up for me to help my mental health, believe yeah. it or not. And then from there, I've met so many amazing people and talked to them over the podcast. I think it's fantastic. And I'm really, really enjoying doing that. And I can see why podcasting works. Definitely. You know, I think it's really amazing. Cool, mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, like you just said, you get to just have a conversation. I think that's really um, the power in it. You're, you're getting this, 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 this chance to share in, in a like-minded subject and the cathartic benefit that gives. Mm. Yes, exactly. It's, exactly. It's, it's really powerful. Mm. That's why I always feel, I always feel um, significantly happier after being on a coaching call because 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 the kind of people i coach i tend to do more mentorship coaching mm-hmm. than coaching now in the sense of people who want to to succeed in coaching online and i come away from the experience feeling significantly happier because i've been sharing my time with someone who's who's got a like mind and and this is why lee it's so important that we choose our circle very carefully um Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but I, I, I truly believe that one of the greatest um, sort of well-being and happiness upgrades we could ever make is to become more assertive mm-hmm. about who we, who we do and don't spend time with um, and becoming more, more just and, and actually just letting go of any of the guilt and, 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 and shame that could be attached to saying no. Because we've come to a point in society now where we, we, we're trying to please everybody all the time. And there's a saying that goes, I don't know the key, key to success, but I do know the key to failure is trying to please everyone. Yes. Um, Couldn't agree more. We, we just can't, mate. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I've got thousands of examples, but I, if, if I allowed what someone thinks of me and speaks about me, let's say the way I eat, the way I live, what I do, how I am, if I allow that person to start changing me like I, I if I then to have to start to adapt to what they believe I should be I then end up having no fucking idea who I really am mm-hmm. and if I have no idea who I am I feel lost and this is where so many people become lost is they're trying to gain approval from people who aren't really the people who they want to even be hanging out with, but feel like they shouldn't do because they're just, they just are just there mm-hmm. and they don't want to be lonely. And it's, it's a shame because in some ways solitude is a far more happiness generating and powerful well-being tool than hanging out with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Oh God. Yeah. Cause um, it's, it's the same. Like if you say yes to everybody, mm-hmm. you're actually not saying yes to anybody because you're spreading like yourself very, very thin. So what you have to do is say yes to the important people and no yeah. to the unimportant people. You know, um, I was a yes man my whole life, my whole life. Yes, 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 yes. And it does get to the stage where you're not saying yes to yourself. <laughs> so there you go. that doesn't work. It, it's so true, dude. And I, and I, 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 I was just saying, I think we learn about this. We learn... In this growth of consciousness, this kind of in, what we might call this intelligent communi- community, that 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 is still the minority. Let's be honest. Like mm-hmm. you go out in the street, you, the, the kind of conversations we're having now are, are massively in the minority, which is fine, doesn't matter. But the point is, is that when we were in that majority crowd, which is what we might call, um, you know, an unconscious crowd. I don't know if we can call it that. It's, there's so many names for it, but it's a, it's it's a, it's a it's a sort of massive population who don't 
necessarily feel like they are in control of their life or mind. It's like their life and mind is in control of them. Mm-hmm. But when we start to create this idea and we start to realize this idea that we are the ones who are the creators and we really summon that within and we become intrinsically motivated, we become soul driven, we become more mindful and we go on this journey of growth, we truly discover that in hindsight, there were so many people that we felt like we should please and hang out with and all these kind of things because we weren't secure ourselves. We weren't secure enough in ourselves to want to not see them. We, we, it's that insecurity we carried around with us that said, okay, well, yeah, I guess I've got to go and see him or I've got to do that or I've got to, I think eating Lee is an example I like to use because I eat a very specific diet and I think people really like to shit on what I do because they, because they don't think that, that there's enough science that backs it up. And I understand their point of view. I, 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 I never want to be a human, a person who just does that one. Like, just fuck you. Like, I think that, <laughs> I think that science is important. I think that science does, has to be this benchmark we use for so many things in life. We mm-hmm. can't just let things, you know, fall by the wayside without science either proving it yes or no. But the point is, is that science cannot ever determine things 100%. So we've still just got to do something that we feel intuitively works for us because science and intuition do not go hand in hand it it, 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 it science is saying okay does it work or does it not that's black and white but we know life isn't like that no so my so my diet is something that i feel really really works for me i fucking love it i've never felt healthier more abundant and i don't give a shit what people think yes and if i did and i spent my time stressing about what people think it would be insane because it would be this idea that I, I had assumed that I could please everybody. And that is insane. That is an insane idea because I am experiencing life in my realm. It's no better or worse than anyone else's realm. It's mm-hmm. just mine. That's the thing. If you're, do, you know, coming back to nutrition, nutrition, you know, there's a hundred million diets out there and they can't suit everybody. So the only diet that works in this world or, you know, way of eating, whatever you want to call it, is an individual approach, one that actually helps you. Science cannot, unless you've been tested <laughs> scientifically, yeah. you know, yeah. science can't say this is what works for everybody. It, it, it's so truly, and I, I, I had a fascinating conversation with a friend the other day who, who stopped eating meat. Now, I eat a lot of meat, a lot mm-hmm. of fish. I'm, I'm a, I, you know, I actually love my protein in that way. Um, but I had a friend who, who has really gone meat-free, feels way better. It wasn't for me to judge whether or not that was the right thing or not. Fucking awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Go do it. That's amazing. Like, if that's what your body wants, you listen to it, you care for it, you love it, you treat it like the temple that it really is. People spend God knows how much on their car, and then they would look at, you know, a packet of organic blueberries in the supermarket that's three quid and go, oh, that's fucking expensive. <laughs> it's, it, which is hilarious. Yeah. Because they assume that the car is the, is the thing that's going to bring them the happiness. Now, listen, it's not to say that what they're doing is wrong. We're not judging anybody. Mm-hmm. But it is just fascinating how people spend their money, do what they do. That, that, that's a bit of a segue, but bringing it back, what really fascinated me with this conversation with my friend was he's a real believer in law of attraction. And energies and those kind of thing, vibrations, and I and I am too. I I see how when we're connected to this silent witness inside, this this witness of life, when we're connected to that pure observation, which is pure love, when we're connected to that, there is no doubt about it that that I feel the wind at my back. There is a wind in my sails that I can't answer for, I can't intellectualize, I can't tell you about, but I feel for me that it's there. And bringing this back to my friend, and we were talking about this, uh, this idea of belief, belief systems and placebo. And of course, what happens in science so often is someone will take a sugar pill, thinking it's a pill that's full of vitamins and whatnot, but, and, and the tests will show that they become healthier. Now, science still can't answer what the mind does to our bodies, to our lives, to our health. And, and if you want to put it into a bracket, we're just going to call it the mysterious bracket. And the mysterious bracket is this thing of, it's this thing we can never describe what it is. It's just like we just know it's there. Mm-hmm. And what, it, what, what was, I was discussing with my friend is that belief is the precursor to success because belief in anything 
means that you are feeling like you are going that way. And if you feel like you're going that way, you will. And so like my friend was like, I could, because <laughs> I know people who just eat fucking burgers, chips and donuts all day long and are perfectly healthy. But for that person, they believe that they're fine. And so guess what? They're fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, cu- I couldn't live like that and do that based on my beliefs. Because my beliefs are I need to eat X, Y, Z to feel good. Now, if I went on and ate, went, went over the other side and ate burgers, chips, donuts and just did that, my belief is that I'd start to feel shit. And guess what? Because of my belief, I probably would. Now, is it because I'm not taking in vitamins, minerals and because uh, I'm eating just a, a, basically a crappy diet? Well, maybe too. But probably not as much as what the belief system creates. The belief in, in what we do, Lee is the placebo and the placebo is this thing that science over and over and over cannot answer and i think it's this thing we call this energy system this vibration we're talking about mm-hmm. totally understand my god uh, but that's it's it, everything in this world is individual do you know what i mean you do mm-hmm. what suits you trial and test it if you if you eat something that doesn't agree with you don't eat it you know and that's then it. you'll eventually come to a diet or a way of eating that suits you um Another thing, one more. You've got a book coming out. I do indeed. Yeah, I literally ordered it this morning. Pre-ordered it, so I did. Whoa, yeah, dude. I see it. I was go. like, hmm. Yeah, that might be the first one. Oh, seriously? That's, well, that's well, well no, I don't. I don't I think know, it I, would be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, but, but we do. We have a book, and it's um, it's called "Filling the Happiness Gap." Yes. And basically, the gap is a is an acronym I came up with in a sort of spontaneous moment of um, various things coming together. I'd, I'd been researching happiness for years. I'd, I'd always been what I felt like as a very positive human being. Um, I'd been coaching people one on one in PT and coaching maybe up to like ten thousand hours. But at that point, and these things come to a head. Like it's like it's our experiences and information and reading and our beliefs, our values are, are, are it all kind of spontaneously comes into a moment sometimes. I don't know if you've had this with ideas, but they just, they just come. They don't, we don't force them. They, they just, they just come. And I was sat there and I, I created this acronym just on the fly. It wasn't like a big deal. I just, I was writing a blog post for my Facebook page and I was like, you know, if I've got this thing. If you want to be happier, you need to fill your happiness gap. It kind of all started to make sense. I was like, yeah, so you need to be, Practice gratitude, which is the G, um, and then you need to practice acceptance, accepting what you can't. So basically, the, the, the acronym goes to be grateful for what you have, to be accepting of what you don't, which is mostly control, and the P, which is to be present, to be living in the present moment. And that G, the A, the P, they all threaded together. And I was like, wow, that kind of works. That's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a cool thing. Um, and then with all my kind of reading background and research into um, communication, mindset, um, psychology, philosophy, all these books and things that I read in my experience, it all kind of came together where I was like, right, well, I'm, I'm going to design a mindset program people can undertake to become happier. And let, let's make it a tangible thing. Let's make it a 21-day program. Let's, let's get people on this to see what happens to them after 21 days do they actually feel happy? Like, see if they can score that. Like, if you were like on average a five, a six, seven before, are you now like a seven, eight, nine? Like, c- can you significantly actually change your happiness in that way? And what we started to notice w- was that people could. Mm-hmm. And I and I was very fortunate that I was able to really try and test this kind of stuff with my clients, who 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 were really really cool. All, pretty much all of them participated in this thing. So it's it's uh, it became this thing where. I was like, yeah, this kind of works. This, the people are feeling happier. Like they're not really even changing anything about their life that much, but they're, they're just feeling happier. Now, why is that? Well, we look at the research and from gratitude exercise that takes place in the book. When you focus on what you have, the tendency is to see more of it. And the more of it that you see in your day, the more of it that you feel. The more of it that you feel, the more you see. And it's like this loop. It's like, a, it's like, it's like your brain goes that way because you've practiced gratitude so it's a bit like um there's, there's an analogy i use in the book is that, that gratitude is like a muscle so if you 
go to the gym and you want stronger biceps, you got to lift, you got to do bicep curls. And then you go the next week and they get stronger and you do them again and they get stronger and you just build this momentum. And it's just the same with gratitude. If you practice actively laying in the evening and writing down what you're grateful for in your life, you'll wake up the next morning and without you even knowing it, your subconscious mind will notice more of what you have. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating that you can literally change the shape and feel of how your brain works to become happier by just focusing on what you have. Now, that's not necessarily faking it. That's not necessarily denying that there are still stresses in life and problems. It's not that. It's just saying that you're going to be happier anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're going to focus on what you do have because it gives you perspective. And then the, then, the, then the A, acceptance I've written down is like a river. You see, Lee, these things come into our head called thoughts or or um, we have stresses on, on the outside of our control. So we have the t- kind of two main sources of stress in our lives. It's things that we have go on on the outside that we feel like we can't control, like a difficult person or stressful boss or a money worry or whatever it may be. But then we also have these things which cause most of our stress, which is thoughts. Because mm-hmm. thoughts come in, they have a middle, they leave. They come in, they have a middle, they leave. And there are some that, and a lot, if we're really honest, that, that, that stress us out. Now, they only really stress us out when we try and resist them. So we have a thought come in our head. If we try and resist the thought and try and get rid of it and be positive around it and just deny it, deny that it's even real or true or anything like that, we have that thought come in our head and we just straight up try and get rid of it or deny it, it creates a blockage. And what I try and describe in the book is that blockage is like a blockage in a river. And the longer we deny that the thought is even there, and the longer that we try and resist that it's there, the longer that we spend trying to get rid of it, is the more and more energy we build up behind that blockage, like 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 a dam in our river. And what happens is emotionally, our emotional river gets all blocked up mm-hmm. because we feel as if we're fighting with our lives. We're constantly fighting with what we can't control. And when we just relinquish that control and accept that there is so much outside of our control in life in general, like the thoughts that we have sometimes or that the difficult person or whatever it may be, when we relinquish that control and accept what we can't control consciously, the blockage is released. And that can mean, this is what's so interesting it can mean letting through a sad emotion and yet in doing so it makes us feel happy and that's the most interesting part Mm. of what i believe acceptance has in its power is what we start to realize is contentment is more powerful than this thing we call happy because contentment is true happiness contentment is not having to smile and laugh at everything and create a perfect picture to the world that you're always happy it's not that it's this deeper level of contentment that says i am with me i am with my spirit i'm with my mind i am with this process and if the sadness wants to come through it will come through and it will pass and that makes me happy it makes me happy to think and happier to think that i don't have to try and be happy all the time That's and then the last part is the p which is the present living in the present which i think is the most important one of the three because the present living in the present is the one that enables the, the A and the P to the A and the G to really work the best. And living in the present is really like surfing. Because some waves are going to be powerful, some are going to be weak, some are going to be small, some are going to be large. But you just got to ride each one, ride each one for what it is, and and try and stay away from going back into the past and past memories as to why things are the way they are now, nor try and try and paint. Um, so it's, it's maybe it's more simplified. It's, it's to try and step away from ruminating about the past, nor worrying necessarily about the future, but just being present with your breath. And by breathing every morning in meditation, what it is teaching us is this rule of inner peace, really, which is to remain detached. Mm-hmm. Because when we're truly present with now, the immediate effect of that is we, we create an, an attachment to now, which helps us detach from all the things that we want or don't want in life that we assume that will make us unhappy or happy that are outside of our control. Because so much of this idea that people 
so, so much of this idea that happiness is dependent upon success is foolish because what if we don't get success? Is it to say that we're never going to be happy? Well, of course not, because there are millions and millions of people in the world who are perfectly happy, who don't have what we might call this successful life. But just by virtue of being present, they feel at peace. And because they feel at peace, they have this thing we call true happiness, Mm -hmm. which is just to detach from the idea that something on the outside of us, whether it's a person or money or a certain body shape or anything like that could ever make us happy within. Because the only thing that could really make us happy within is the decision to be here now, to be here, to be present to be enjoying the simple pleasures that make up our day-to-day, like the smell of that cu- cup of coffee in the morning or that 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 feeling of, of vitality when we go to take a dog for a walk in the afternoon. It's never really these spectacular moments which really make us happy. What makes us happy is truly being present. And when we're present, we tend to get more joy from the littlest of things. And that's why, that's why we don't need to scream from the rooftops just how happy we are we are about how spectacular our lives are when we are just truly happy and on that growth of becoming happier we get it from just the littlest of things the tiniest of things this the sensation of that hot shower in the morning is enough that's enough that's that's kind of like all we need right there because it's all that's happening and when we're present, we tend to feel just, yeah, we just feel so much more at peace and that makes us feel happier. Mm-hmm. So it's the GDA, the P. And what I do is I get people to practice the, 20, the 21 day program, which is gratitude practice. It's, it's acceptance practice. And then it's this, this presence and there's, there's exercises within all those. You follow the exercises. And the idea is, is that you feel happier by the end of the 21 days. You learn loads about yourself. And then. You, the, the remainder of the book is all about how to continue this journey of growth and continue this journey of consciousness and become this happier person that you 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 can be. That's fantastic. <laughs> because even you mentioned in the present, you know, like you have to be in the present because there's no such thing as the future because when it comes around, it's the present. <laughs> it, you, you got it. You know, when you, when you get there, it will be another. It will be another moment. Exactly, right you can't be in the future. It's as simple as that. Well, not yet, anyway. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's so true, dude. It, we, we we can mm-hmm. we can only give a very very rough prediction of the future at best. Mm-hmm. Like we we just don't know. Um, but yet we try and we try and we try to to deny the laws of physics over and over and over by 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 projecting, predicting, worrying, overthinking, creating scenarios, all about where this future is going to go. And, 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 and in the end, the only thing that can bring us peace is to let go of it mm-hmm. and bring it back to now. And, and when we bring it back to now and we look around, we realize just how beautiful life is. And it's interesting how this is, this is, this is a lot of research on this, Lee, about how um, there's this thing called the negativity bias. Now, according to researchers, psychologists, We've got to have five positive events, thoughts, feelings, outcomes in order to outweigh the effects of one negative, which is just fascinating. But it's why so many people are negative, because even the slightest thing gets them. Mm-hmm. Now, the way to turn the tables on that, and I talk about this in the book, and become a more positive human being, is just become more present. Because when you become present, you, you get more pleasure from the day. Because you notice just how beautiful the sky looks. You you notice just how awesome it feels to sip that coffee. Like when you notice more about life in the moment, you derive more pleasure. And when you derive more pleasure, you're immediately a more positive human because you're going to be way more in the plus of positive experiences outweighing the negatives. Because you may, let's say if someone, I'll give you two examples, Lee. If someone's not a mindful person at all and they're not present, they could go through an entire day having not really experienced any pleasure, but then that person who cuts them up in traffic on the way home fucks them off for the rest of that evening and the whole day just ends up in this negative snowball. Mm-hmm. You could have someone who's had the exact same day, like literally the same thing. Like they put their pants on the same time, they they, they went to work, they did the same job, but 
but because they were slowing down into the moment and they felt calmer, they they derived just that bit more pleasure. <laughs> 